Blog Talk Radio. Well, apparently, few things are going to go wrong tonight because our promo didn't play. That's all right. We're on air again. My co-host with me this evening, this, of course, is Marty Oakley. And my co-host this evening is John LaCron. And many of you are so familiar with him and his writings. And uh, holy cow, um, if ever there was a scholar, he's got to be it. We're going to pick up where we were broken off on Monday night, as many of you know, uh, about 15 to 17 minutes into the show, our time clock reset, and they cut us off air. And the show disappeared for a little bit, but with a little bit of finagling and fit-throwing, it's back up all 17 minutes of it. So you can listen to that if you want to. But what we're talking about is Real ID and the Global Economic Reset. And try as I might, I cannot find any valid reason for this supposed special ID to exist, and they talk about national security, and they talk about, you know, uh, you can't enter a federal building without it, you can't enter a nuclear plant without it, and you can't board any commercial flights. Um, Excuse me, what's wrong with this picture? Now, I want you to think back to the Patriot Act, the original Patriot Act. Uh, In 2001, that thing landed on the floor two or three days after the that insider attack, and it was already written, ready to go, and only one representative objected to it that it had not had time to be read or gone into, and all of the House and all of the Senate voted for it. That representative was Cynthia McKinney, and they drummed her out of the House for objecting to the Patriot Act. Now, in the vein of the Patriot Act, when you read through it, the only time terrorism and terrorists are mentioned is when there's a direct assault on your constitutional rights. Um, now, we all have our ideas about the Constitution, but it has stood as the barrier many times between us and the government to keep them from overrunning us. They pretty much have dispensed with it now. Uh, one person who got really mad at me some years ago for calling the Patriot Act a load of crap, said uh, it's to protect us from terrorism. So I suggested the next time he saw a terrorist to run out, wave a copy at him and see if it scared him off. I want to make something perfectly clear. Terrorists, terrorists do not give a crap what kind of laws we pass or what we do. They, they don't give a crap. If they did, they wouldn't be terrorists. That b- bill the Patriot Act, and the subsequent 2003 Security Enhancement Act were direct assaults on your constitutional rights and protections. They were constitutional attacks. And this is a limit on your freedom, and we're seeing how this has snowballed over the years. At the same time, in 2003, the Real ID Act came out. It was to be the companion to the Patriot Act and the Security Enhancement Act. And this was supposed to be this special ID that would secure the government and let them know that you were not a terrorist. Gee, I wonder how they made it all these years. Anyway, that was resoundly rejected by the states. It couldn't get past the House. It couldn't get past the Senate. And Bush thought he was going to pass it by executive order, and they slapped him down on that one of the few times they did. 
I'm talking about Bush, doofus Bush, you know, Bush number two. And so they passed it in 2005 in the middle of the night as an attachment to another bill. Uh, It's like they did with the Food Modernization Act of 2010. They couldn't get that passed either because it was a direct assault on agriculture and the right of farmers uh, to be independent and free from government intrusion. And so we like to refer to him as Dirty Harry Reid, passed it by gutting an old junk bill and putting S-510 in as an amendment to this junk bill, and they passed it that way. See? See how that works? And this is, you know, one of the things people have cried out for over the years is one issue to a bill. One issue. But we have this adding on of bills that can't stand on their own, and they'll put them into other bills that need to be passed, or they claim they do, and pass them that way. And, you know, it's all, it's such a dog and pony show. What is supposed to happen isn't happening, and what shouldn't happen is happening every day. And we are steadily losing our rights. Going back to this real ID, supposedly the purpose is if you don't have this gold star on your license, why you can't enter a federal building, then why have I been forced to pay for it all these years? I can't board a commercial flight. I didn't know they were paying for my ticket. And what's the other thing there, John? There's three things that you can't do. Basically, you can't live. And um, so it just happens that what happens here is is you're being restricted. Your movements are being, your right to travel is being restricted. And if you think there aren't people on the black market out there already creating driver's licenses with a gold star on them, you're crazy. They they do it. This is a plastic license. There's nothing embedded or encoded in it. Just has this gold star. Now myself, when I went to convert my driver's license to my new state, I found out I couldn't get one. I couldn't get a standard license, and I could not get a state ID because I could not produce a marriage license from more than 50 years ago. Now I had divorce papers from Cobb County right here in Georgia. Decided that marriage license and the subsequent divorce, but nope, got to have that document. I had to show every marriage and divorce I'd ever had, and I had to have the license and divorce papers. The thing about it is, all of this information is readily available on Social Security. And we know they can get in there anytime they want to, so why am I having to haul in all of this evidence? So I have no license. When my current driver's license expires, I will have no valid ID. I was not able to vote because I couldn't register. So there's far more to this than what meets the eye. And why anybody would think having a gold star on your driver's license would perform any function in national security. And I keep telling you, and please listen to what I'm saying When they talk about national security, they are not talking about you. They are talking about securing themselves from you. Because if there's anybody the federal government fears more than anybody else on earth, it's the American public. So everything is being done to disempower us, to take away any rights and privileges, to take away our freedom. They're censoring all over the place in violation of the First Amendment. They are now talking about massive gun grabs 
the underpinning to the Constitution. And by the way, the Second Amendment was not inserted so that you could go deer hunting. That that amendment was put in there. That right was put in there so that the public always had a way of fighting back against a tyrannical government. And they want to take it away. And if they take it, this is psychologically, this would be devastating to the country. It would bring us to our knees, which is exactly what they're after. And in anticipation of this election, and John, I know you want to talk about that a little bit. We had the Canadians allowing Chinese troops to assemble across our northern border. Um, Gee, I wonder what that's for. And I keep trying to remind people. During the Bush-Cheney crime administration, General Renault of the Air Force struck two agreements, civil assistance agreements, one with Canada and one with Mexico, that said that in the event of a national disaster like a big fire or an earthquake or a civil unrest, they could bring their military down here and use on us, and we could send ours there for the same situation. Same thing with Mexico. And I thought about that when I read it, and I almost threw up. And then I got to the 29 Palms questionnaire, which is a a debriefing for when people came out of the military. And it said, it was asking them, you know, if if you were required to do so, would you fire on um, other Americans? The answer was 80-some percent no. When they asked Canadian soldiers, if you were ordered to fire on Americans, would you do so? Almost 90% said, yeah, we're not related to them. They're nobody does. So you see why we, because they'll shoot us and maybe our own military won't, although I question that these days. But we're on the brink here, and there's a lot going wrong, and it's happening very quickly. And people, everybody, I've never seen people so on edge. Uh, We've already got a president who's in the midst of a temper tantrum because it looks like he lost this election. He's already screaming fraud and cheating and, you know, the thing this man does himself while you're doing it. Um, We are any better off with Biden. Biden's leading the charge on massive gun grabs and many other things that I can't agree with. We are sunk either way, and it's time for America to stand up. I'm watching people in all these other countries, in Germany, in France, in Italy, all over the world, coming out by the hundreds of thousands. And they're they're protesting over this fake virus and the lockdowns and the, the coming mandatory vaccines. And I want to clear something up here. A lot of people said, yeah, but at least Trump has already said he won't force mandatory vaccines. He doesn't have to. See, you're getting played again. If you don't get this vaccine, get the digital tattoo and the nanogel inserted in you so you can be monitored from anywhere, you're not going to be allowed to work, go to school, go to the doctor, go shopping, buy groceries, do nothing. They don't have to force a mandatory vaccine. They will simply cut you out of the economy on every level and you'll come running and begging for your vaccine. I got news for you. I'd rather eat trees. But anyway, with all that aside, John, I know you have some things you wanted to say, so why don't you jump in there? <laughs> Good evening, Marty. Hey, you know what? We may have actually gotten to no, we're 11 minutes into this, and nobody shut us down yet. That's good. Um, yeah, that was quite the show the <laughs> other night. I'm telling you, folks, uh, they sure didn't want what we had to say said the day before the quote-unquote slaves voted for their owners. 
Um, to answer the question, I sit here and I remind people when I'm sitting here having conversations and explaining how consistently all roads lead to Rome, whether you're talking about Vatican banking and the Federal Reserve and the, all those banking European enterprises, which all again tie directly into the Vatican, or whether you're talking about politics. See, people don't realize that Washington, D.C., before Washington, D.C. was Washington, D.C., that was, land was actually owned by a couple of Roman Catholics. And the Vatican has been there longer than the Washington, D.C. criminal element. So long story short, is it any wonder if you sit there and you look at the fact that somehow that city just seems to have all these really weird symbols and all that kind of stuff. And you're sitting there, well, where did all that come from? Again, it's tied in. And I've told people, you know, when you're looking at the big picture, you have three city-states. You've got uh, Vatican, of course, and that's your base point. That's where corporations got founded from, and, of course, the religious side of that and the business side of that. And then you can move on over, and they control the uh, um, city of London there since its founding. And, again, if you city of London, that's only a one-square-mile area, folks, and even the queen has to ask permission to go there, just in case you folks didn't know that. Because it is. It's its own city-state. And that is where the uh, financial arm and the legal arm of the Vatican exist. And, of course, Washington, D.C., well, the Pentagon should tell you everything you need to know there. That's your military arm, which would explain why Americans have been in so many wars, including a lot of European ones, where we had zero business being over there. Not that we didn't contribute greatly to it. Thank you, Bush, back in the day. Senator Bush, <clears throat> financing the Nazis, amongst others, and uh, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so you have three city-states all interrelated to each other, and of course they have encroached on the rest of the planet, and the planet suffers for it. The point we were making the other day, though, um, you look at the politics, okay, and we're talking about how neither of the candidates were willing to talk about the global economic reset, because all of a sudden, if the voters started asking questions, there wouldn't have been an election, literally. Okay. Now, what's been interesting is, again, I talk about gematria. And folks, gematria is very real. You can see it again and again and again. All it is is a numerical pattern. And it's uh, basically A to Z, where you put the A is 1 and Z is 26, and then you can do the reverse of that, where Z is 1 and A is 26. And all of a sudden, all you're doing is running numbers off of words or phrases or whatever the case might be. And the number 56 has been prevalent all year. And we're not going to get into the show on that subject tonight because, honestly, it is way too deep for most people. But I'm here to tell you things like Farsi, number 56, he's, that's a part of it. The Vatican's all over 56. Even the fact that uh, the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue needs 56 just so he can get to that magical 270. And again, I've told everybody here that, uh, you know, a sitting president has no chance in hell in a depression. He doesn't. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out, you're living in a depression. This isn't a recession. This is a depression. It makes the one from the 1930s look like just a bad week in the office. It's that bad. 
And uh, it doesn't matter the fraud. We all know that there's going to be fraud on both sides of the aisle. So, again, it's political theater. Let's be honest. It's all political theater. But you'd be amazed at how many people are just infatuated with it. Because, again, you have people doing this classical perception of my party or death. And people are shooting each other over yard signs, killing each other over political opinions about whose candidate they support and who they don't support. The psychopathy involved is literally off the charts. It blows my mind. And all I see when I look at Washington, D.C. and all the state of corporations and county of city of corporations is a criminal element. That's all I see. Because let's go back to your introductory commentary there. And let's go to the FBI here. So this isn't John talking. This is the Federal Bureau of uh, Investigation talking. Definitions. There is no single universally accepted definition of terrorism. Terrorism is defined in the Code of Federal Regulations as the unlawful use of force and violence against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government, the civilian population, or any segment thereof in furtherance of political or social objectives. That's 28 CFR Section 0.85. Uh, FBI further describes terrorism as either domestic or international, depending on the origin, base, or the objectives of the terrorist organization. For the purpose of this report, the FBI will use the following definitions. Domestic terrorism is the unlawful use or threatened use of force or violence by a group of individuals based and operating entirely within the United States or Puerto Rico. Remember, the United States is a corporation. It's not a country. The United States is located in Washington, D.C. Again, that's in the United States Code. It doesn't include all the state of subsidiary corporations. Okay, People need to get that. But that doesn't mean that their <clears throat> tentacles don't cover the entire planet. That's why you have to have an, this thing called a United States citizen. Okay, anyway, or Puerto Rico without foreign direction committed against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government, the civilian population, any segment thereof, and furtherance of political or social objectives. Okay, international terrorism, violent acts, dangerous human rights, or violations of the criminal laws of the United States or any state that would be a criminal violation if committed within the jurisdiction of the United States or any state. And again, folks, the word state means status. These acts appear to be intended to intimidate, of course, the civilian population, influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion, or affect the conduct of a government by assassination or kidnapping. International terrorist acts occur outside the United States or transcend national boundaries in terms by means by which they are accomplished, the persons they appear intended to coerce or intimidate, or the locale in which their per perpetrators operate or seek asylum. I said all that to say this. What part of everything that this thing you call government, and again, folks, the word government comes from two Latin words, gouverneur, which means uh, to control, and mente, which means mind. So when you use the word government, you're literally saying mind control. What part of that that I just said and read off of the FBI's website, not mine, not somebody else's, the FBI's, do you not see that's exactly what they do to each and every one of you every single day? Extortion, racketeering, conspiracy. You know, the paperwork that I file under my court cases it has 137, I think, felonies committed every single day by agents of government. Felonies, not misdemeanors, felonies. 
And any time I interact with one of these criminals, either with a costume badge and a gun or a black robe, you know, there's always at least a half dozen felonies there, if not a full dozen or two. And, of course, I lose track of it all when I sit here and make my notes. But the problem is this. People don't even realize that these people don't have the right to do what they're doing to you. See, if you or I, Marty, go out and commit a felony or two and we harm somebody, they throw us in a cage, usually for a very long time. And we do it three, four, or five different felonies, oh, we're looking at a life sentence. They do that many things in an average hour in a kangaroo court. Average hour. So if we are not permitted to do that, and supposedly these people work for us, that's the argument that they use anyway, where did we give them the authority to abuse us, to enslave us, to murder us, to do all these things? We didn't. We didn't. Because they cannot take upon themselves authority that was not originally granted. And again, when we talk about the Constitution, I like to remind everybody it's nothing more than a corporate charter. That's it. It's a corporate charter. And they haven't honored that corporate charter, not the first one, the one from 1783, and not the seven, second one, or the third one for that matter, of uh, 1870-whatever. Okay, they've not honored any of those contracts, not with the Native Americans, not with the people themselves. Because again, folks, everybody forgets that the Constitution came out, it didn't have the first 10 amendments, what they called the Bill of Rights. It didn't come out with it. It took a couple more years before all the states would agree to it. And again, we're not going to spend time on this because I've already talked about it on a show with Marty. Maybe she want to bring it up in another show. That's fine. But right now we're going to cover everything that we didn't cover the other day. Folks, you have been enslaved. You've been a slave your entire life. You were born a slave. You're a slave now, and you're going to die a slave. And I don't care if you think I'm nuts. I don't care if you think I need to take some medication. People with white robes need to come by and take me away and uh, put me in a nice little padded room and feed me nice little medications that Big Pharma wants to shove down my throat. I've got the facts, and I've proved it, including here on the show with Marty. So your opinion doesn't mean shit to me. And yes, I just swore you will have to forgive me, Marty. But the problem we see, (laughs) the problem as I see it, is people have become so conditioned to accept their slave status that they don't even recognize it. They don't realize that they have rights. And, you know, again, folks, I don't ever want to hear anybody say, well, I have constitutional rights or I have unalienable rights. I have civil rights. Unalienable is the only one that matters because civil rights are privileges of slaves. Constitutional rights are privileges of slaves. Now, the unalienable rights, you have to exercise them for yourself. And I define rights and unalienable rights this way. Your rights are whatever you say they are as long as they do not interfere or cause harm to others or violate their rights. Simple. It's not complicated. Again, I make a point all the time. Everything, every day that we do is contract. 
Everything we do every single day is contract. And we never look at it from that perspective, but it's true. Hey, honey, what's for dinner? Cheeseburger. That's a contract offer. Okay, sounds great. Or a counteroffer. Uh, would you mind, uh, instead of uh, cheeseburger tonight, let's do steak? Counteroffer. Hey, we do it every day. Go to the grocery store. Go to the store in general. You're contracting with somebody selling goods for your fiat currency, Federal Reserve notes, negotiable debt instruments, of course, 12 United States Code 411, liability to the United States Corporation. And uh, when so doing, you're making contract. And I've told everybody that the way the crime syndicate works is this. The crime syndicate makes a contract offer, offer an acceptance. They make the offer, enslave the population. When the people don't complain about it or they do complain, but they don't actually stand up for themselves, guess what? Offer has been considered to have been accepted. That's fact, folks. And by the way, in the legal realm, they've got another thing out there too. Let those that are deceived be deceived. Let those that are deceived continue to be deceived. And we wonder where our problem is because we're completely uneducated about all of that. Now, I remind everybody, a valid contract has four elements. Full disclosure means everybody knows everything about the contract. A meeting of the mind, again, all parties involved in the contract agree to the terms and everything that's in it. And uh, how can you do a contract with a fiction? Can you make contract with uh, uh, Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny or something like that? No. It's imaginary. Okay, you can't do that. That's what they tell us we do. Full disclosure, meaning of the minds, mutual consideration. Both parties get something out of the deal. Now, do you think slaves are getting anything out of this deal? Oh, I don't see that. I don't see it at all. And finally, two wedding signatures. Signatures are something corporate presidents have, as you've already heard me say, or autographs. Men and women have autographs. And folks, have you seen any of those things on any of those contracts that you filled out with all of these uh, corporations masquerading as government, the trade on Dun and Brad, or trade on Wall Street, which you can verify by going to Dun and Bradstreet? Hmm. Something to think about, maybe. So if everything that they do is an invalid contract based on extortion, racketeering, conspiracy, and all that other stuff, then Maybe it's time to rethink our way of thinking because, you know, the argument is, well, we need government to protect us from criminals. <laughs> yeah, but what do you do when the government is the criminal? You're looking at the difference between an Italian mafia, a Sicilian mafia, and a mafia coming out of a corporation state of headquarters or the Washington District of Criminals. There is no comparison. You, that's what they're telling you, and that's what you're thinking. But let's get real. It's most certainly comparison. Extortion, racketeering, conspiracy. In the mob world, that gets you a life sentence. But in the world that we call government, it's just business. Kill for profit. Yeah, mob does that. So does U.S. Inc. 
Yeah, something to think about. But I didn't need to get off on that diatribe, though, but I needed to just to cover some of the basics. So let's get back onto the subject we're talking about. And that is this okay. thing called cryptocurrency. And it's this thing called the real ID. And, you know, that's, I think, what upset the powers that be because we've been putting the pieces together, Marty, for years. All right. Your real ID story a few minutes ago, the reason they don't want people like you to get your newest ID is because they don't want you able to walk into a um, hospital and get care. And again, you've shared on this show how you've actually actually walked out of a hospital after waiting all day and they never saw you, all because you simply couldn't refill a prescription without a quote-unquote doctor's visit. They're trying to, well, they're not trying to, they're killing off the older generation, ladies and gentlemen. Because yes. again, the older generation, the older generation has most of the wealth that's left. It's not in the hands of the corporations. And that's fact. And Marty here is no exception. You know, I'm still in my quote-unquote prime, but uh, in another 20 years, I won't be either. I'll be right up there where, uh, assuming the U.S. Inc. hasn't killed me for being a uh, <clears throat> so much of a thorn in their side. Some other particular reason. The problem is, though. In the end, this new identity, the demand that you bring in your social security number, and remember, folks, I told you that social security number, all that is is it ties into the Sesquivai Trust. Sesquivai means proof of life. That's what it means. And by the way, these corporations, that's all they are is a trust created for the benefit of the creators of the trust. That's fact. And when you decide that you're a United States 14th Amendment corporate debt slave of your own free will, then you, in turn, are working for the trust. And I've told you folks, go back to 1933 inauguration speech of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Don't look at the printed versions. Don't do look at the printed versions. The printed versions don't have it. They got three little dots there to let you know, well, that I think they had something there, but because they don't want you to know what he said. But you can go to YouTube and you can listen to what he said. You can listen to it as it was recorded live. Today is a day of national consecration. And as you've already heard me say before, folks, the first things that come in the contract take precedence over anything that follows. First of all, what's the definition of a nation? The nation that's the corporation. That's not the country. And what does consecration mean? There lies the rub, folks. That means you're working for the church. What have I said? All roads lead to Rome. It's not a coincidence that there are seven Catholics and two Jews on the quote-unquote Supreme Court. Also, that's in Gematria too, 72. Little side note there. You haven't had a Protestant there in forever. Why is that? Oh, because the United States might actually be Roman Catholics in origin? Mm-hmm. And again, I we don't have time to get into all the history here. We've got a very limited window here, and I'm thankful they haven't shut us down yet because we haven't touched on what we were touching on the other day, so I need to get back on track. With regards to this... Real ID. 
They need you to have all these things so that they can get you in a series of different contracts. That locks you in. Remember, they tell you you're not supposed to give away the Social Security number to anybody because, again, that's a number tied into the trust. And you're all capital letters named person, capitalist diminution maxima, Latin for maximum loss of status. Again, that's not you either. That's your corporate fiction person, and that's the title to your share of the trust. Again, they won't tell you any of this. But that's what the game is going on. They just don't want you to know anything. Because they've been pillaging every generation since the 30s. When FDR hypothecated every man, woman, child and stole their property back in 1933 with that announcement, and a few weeks or right after that, shut down the bank, stole the people's gold, well, now you couldn't pay any bills because all the contracts were based off of gold. Went to a brand new system. 1933, we had a brand new system. See, the Federal Reserve note, negotiable debt instrument I talked about earlier, that was only supposed to be brought out in extreme situations as an addendum, an additional source of quote-unquote revenue to be retired when the economy picked up. Gold and silver was still supposed to circulate. And gold and silver um, certificates were supposed to circulate. But it only took the bankers from 1913 to 1933 to hijack the whole country. And people don't realize it, but at that point, when the United States went bankrupt yet again, 1933, well... The United States Treasury, the corporation's treasury, didn't belong to the United States anymore. It became property of other parties, European bankers, a.k.a. the Vatican. Yeah, that's the truth, folks. Look it up. The power of the Internet has changed everything because we've been able to see the big picture now, things that we confused us. The evidence is overwhelming now. Old documents have magically shown up after all these years. People that knew something are dying and now they've got no reason not to tell the truth. I mean, you know, even Henry Ford back in the 30s, he put it out there. <laughs> he says, yeah, if the American people only knew the truth, there would be a revolution before the morning. I remember hearing that quote when I was a teenager. And I didn't. I knew it was an important quote, but I didn't know why he said it. It took me another 25 years to figure it out. But once you figure it out, oh, everything becomes crystal clear. It's all contract office, folks. Now, the tie-in, and this is what the other point I was making on the show a couple nights ago before we got cut off. Last month, see, I've been running around with a flip phone for forever. Because this new phone I'm using, not only do I despise it, but it's got a lot more bells and whistles that U.S. Inc. can use to spy on me and do all the wonderful things that I don't want U.S. Inc. to do. Not that they don't know who John Lacron is. I promise you they know very well who I am. But the point of the matter is I went and bought my minutes like I've been doing forever, uploaded them like I've been doing for month after month, you know, just a cheap monthly program. Cost me like 30 bucks every month. Unlimited phone, I, you know, unlimited phone and text. I didn't use computer, internet, or anything like that because all, all I needed it for was a way to communicate. 
I mean, it's uploaded just fine, but all of a sudden I couldn't make any phone calls. Couldn't get or receive texts. So I called up at 10. I said, hey, what's going on? Why why my monitor's download to the phone just fine, but I can't do anything? Um, well, we're sorry, but uh, we no longer support that. Because they have to push you into these new phones. Folks, if you haven't been paying attention to over what's going over in China, you've got these instances now with this hoax issue where people are have this uh, app on their phone. And again, all these apps all have their own spyware, which is also sending information to all these mega corporations who are profiting off of you, by the way. Red and green. If you're in the green, that means you can go out and do whatever you want. If you're in the red... That means you're being naughty and you need to go home. And there are checkpoints. And believe you me, when you're sitting there roaming around, um, it follows you. Your phone is giving off signals all the time. All the time, telling them exactly where you are. And why do you think they have to put in that 5G network? Do you really think it's about higher, faster internet speeds? Oh, no. Aside from the fact that it's a weapons platform, which it actually is, it's also there to help, you know, follow the massive amounts of people that they need to track. And the cryptocurrency issue, well, again, directly tied into the phone, directly tied into everything that's coming in the near future. Because here's what you need to know. With a cryptocurrency, you can control every aspect about it. So you can't control cash. Cash has always been king. Even if it is a fiat currency, it's still available. You go out and you can pay cash and go and have some semblance of privacy. So if you want to go buy a hooker this week, well, that's fine. Nobody knows about it. But what do you do when there's no cash? And then it's a problem. See, they're following every little aspect of your life. From the biggest issues to the smallest, from healthcare all the way down to the most basic of things, I bought a soda for a dollar using my debit card today. That's the power that they want over your life. Not that they haven't already got way too much of your power. Because they got it. They own you in every sense of the word, and they have the right to control their property. You are a thing in their eyes. You are just something there to be controlled, manipulated, and profited from. And here's the other part that I was going to get to. So let's say you get your cryptocurrency and you decide that you want to go outside of your quote-unquote designated area of influence. In other words, if I want to leave Clarksville and I want to go to Michigan, from Tennessee to Michigan, well, all of a sudden maybe I'm outside where I'm supposed to be. Maybe they don't like the fact that I'm out here talking on a show here with Marty and they don't appreciate all my uh, whistleblowing. Well, all of a sudden, my cryptocurrency, which I could spend here in Clarksville, doesn't work when I leave and halfway to Michigan, stop in Indiana for gas. I'm sorry, sir. We can't pump your gas because uh, your cryptocurrency is no good here. You think they can't do that? I promise you, not only can they do it, they will do it. Now, the other side of that also is this. 
let's say you have a, um, you like your cheeseburgers, extra few pounds around the midsection. And there was a video that was shared like 20 years ago or 15 years ago. I remember watching it. And it was a big joke about ordering French fries or something like that. And all this information was coming back that the computer had on the man or the woman that was busy taking the man's order. And, you know, we recognize that that was the system that was coming even back then. But it's here now. It's here now. And it was making suggestions about you needed to eat tofu rather than eat the cheeseburger that you wanted to buy. And that second order of fries that you ordered, no, we're not going to let you have that. Okay. And if they decide that they want to control how much you spend in a certain area, let's say they've got an oversupply of uh, something, well, hey, we got a sale over here in your cryptocurrency today on this fake meat over here because we want you to actually eat the fake meat, not the real stuff that the ranchers raised. If you go over there and buy the ranchers meat, it'll cost you one crypto. If you go over here and uh, buy ours, it'll cost you half a crypto. Yeah, it's lab-grown, but hey, you'll never tell the difference. It'll kill you early, but hey, that, who cares? It's just a science experiment, right? That's it. They can positively reinforce what they want to positively reinforce, or they can do the opposite. Say somebody likes his beer or cigarettes. Well, all of a sudden now, you go in and want to buy a pack of cigarettes, but you've already bought your pack for the day, and they think you smoke too much, and you want to buy that second pack. Well, they say, well, yeah, it takes one crypto before that, but now uh, it's going to take two part of that, which is also... A, and again, this is not conspiracy. This is all in the paperwork and stuff like that. Is we're at a zero interest rate policy now, literally. Zero interest rate policy because the corporations masquerading as government cannot pay any interest anymore. And again, it's a big scam with the Federal Reserve and bonds and creation of Federal Reserve notes and all that crap. But outside of that little thing, government can no longer afford to. But the banks still have to, quote-unquote, make their, quote-unquote, profit. So how do they do that? Well, today I have 100 cryptocurrency. Next month it might be, if I'm trying to save my 100 cryptocurrency and I don't actually spend any of it, next month it'll be 99 cryptocurrency. Four months from now it'll be 92 cryptocurrency. In other words, you won't be able to save for a future it will gradually, de, you know, turn the system and just pull it. Because, again, it's about controlling resources. A different way of looking at it, to make this a little clearer, because I probably sound an awful lot clear as mud, right? But you've sold your soul to the company store. What that means is this. And this is what they figured out a lot of years ago back in the places like in the coal mines. The company that had the coal mine built a store. And the employees could come in and buy things on credit at the company store. They couldn't do it off post, but if they came to the company store, they could do that. 
And the corporations figured that once they started doing this, they owned the employee, which they honestly did. Because now there was no way for the employee to ever leave because as every month came by and he had to pay his bills, there was nothing left for him to actually pack up and leave with the family. This is real, folks. The only difference, instead of it being a company store in a small geographic location, now the company store is global. It's every country in the world. And it's all the same people pulling all the same strings. See, they keep changing the system every so often because people wake up to the scam. They've created an excess of, I believe, $3 trillion plus dollars in the last year. $3 trillion. And that's, in, I think, in the last six months, actually. They're debasing the dollar, but they're debasing every currency out there. Again, it's deliberate destruction, so people will be fed up with it and move it in a new direction. People will voluntarily move in that direction. So in the end, this is just the next transition. When they stole the people's gold in 1933, gold was at $20.63. After the bankers and the government got all the gold in the gold notes, or gold certificates. They changed the value from $20.63 an ounce to $35 an ounce. Well, that was a giant windfall for the banks and for the corporations masquerading as government. They loved that. It was a theft of the people that turned in their gold, of the wealth that they would have had if they kept it. But again, they threatened people with jail time and everything else if you didn't turn in your gold. Didn't turn in your gold certificates. Because remember, a gold certificate or a silver certificate, those had actual gold and actual silver backing them. Real metal backing them. It's like a check. You just sit there and you go in and you check your coat somewhere. They hand you a certificate. And when you get done with your dinner and you want your coat back, you turn the certificate back in and give you your coat back. Same things with the uh, precious metals. They created gold and silver certificates based on actual gold and silver coins that were minted. And if you wanted the paper, you got the paper because it was easier to carry it around. But, hey, if you decide at the end of the day you wanted to take your gold or silver home with you, you just took that piece of paper back in and they handed it to you. Now, what happens when they didn't get your gold because they said you couldn't own gold, so you couldn't turn those in. And here's the kicker. In the 60s, when they pulled silver from circulation, those were all those American silver dollars that everybody loves. Uh, you know, the Morgans and the Peace Dollars. But did they give you a Morgan and a Peace Dollar for the couple of years that they had that window of opportunity to turn it in? Not at the end, they didn't. They gave you a tiny bag of silver instead. Not that big honking piece of silver that that piece of paper represented. Bankers are in the business of stealing, folks. This is what they do. The global economic reset that we're talking about right here, right now, is nothing more than another massive theft by the different Vatican banking elements across the planet. And you look at what countries get targeted for 
who invades next? Yeah, some of it's oil-related, but no, that's not the biggest reason. They're not part of the central banking system out of the Vatican. Marty, you want to comment before I move on? Yeah, you're talking about the central banking, Syria, Iran, and Japan were the last three countries. And uh, Iran and Syria, I believe, has still refused central banking. Japan was given a last opportunity when the uh, earthquake hit and ran right underneath the Fukushima nuclear plant. Um, they, the parliament in Japan was told, this is your last chance. They voted no. They did not want central banking uh, in the country, and they got hit with that earthquake. It's like Haiti, uh, when they were going to open up all those offshore accounts and who held them and how much was in them and everything. The king of Haiti finally said, yes, we'll, we'll let you do that. And an earthquake hit them and ran right underneath the king's palace and the bank, by the way. Uh, and gosh, everything was just lost. That was heart being fired up. Um, we did the same thing to China. I believe it was in 2008. Uh, we caused that massive earthquake over there with Harp because they wouldn't go along with some mess we wanted. And France intervened on our behalf because China considered it a, a act of war. In the afternoon, people in China were using their phones to record what looked like the aurora borealis in their sky. And you can tell listening to them, they're afraid. They don't know what it is. They haven't seen it before. And then they get hit with this earthquake, an 8.5 that tore the whole place up. And I say China was going to come after us, considering it an act of war. And France intervened. And... <laughs> Uh, it ends up that more of our land, mostly agricultural and national forests, scenic waterways and stuff, were hypothecated. As Utah, they put up the country's assets um, for reparations to China. We're still paying that. And China now owns over 60% of all of our home mortgages. Um, it owns three of our national forests, much of the land out west that we have this welfare grazing going on is owned now by China. And, but this is the mess we get ourselves in. And people are so oblivious to how all of this works. And when you try to tell them, John, when you try to tell them, they always, you know, oh, that's fake news. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No. And, well, you, you know, I don't know where you got that, but you must be out of your mind. Well, you must be stupid. The information on all this is readily available. You just have to look for it. And, you know, I think one of the almost perverted parts of all of this is like when they opened up the net and they, the government posted all of this stuff online, that you know, documents and everything. And they, they opened it up in a, under transparency. They thought that nobody would look at it. It turned out to be the most highly, and still is, trafficked section of the web. And now they're starting to disappear documents and things. But everything was out there for you to find. And if you did the work, and many people were doing it. But when you try to talk to people about this global reset and everything else, it's it's like their face goes blank. And... Um, and... Um, I have a visitor here, everyone. I'm sorry. And, um, yeah, shh, be silent. Okay. And, uh, 
But this is, you know, you can sit all day and tell people this stuff, John. See, once you get the information, once you're armed with the information, now you have an obligation to do something about it. And people do not want the obligation. It makes them angry. So they turn on you and they call you a conspiracy theorist and they call you all these other names, fake news, and you're spreading disinformation. And so it's just, you know, it's hard to keep doing this when you know you're giving out valid information and yet people are too lazy to act on it. That's really the way I see it. Life is always about choices, Marty, and I'm here to tell you that people are making all the wrong ones. You know, <clears throat> again, you know, I'm an equal opportunity annoyer there on uh, the Internet. And I've got a lot of friends that uh, voted for the uh, guy with the red hat. Oh, and by the way, folks, just in case you're curious, MAGA, M-A-G-A, look it up on the Satanist website. It's the fifth level of Satanism. Just thought you'd find that little bit of tidbit interesting. Hint, hint. And red is, of course, a sign of danger. Again, very relevant. And right. uh, think about it. If a Democrat had been doing this, and by the way, Trump is a Democrat, just for your information. I don't care that he has a little R in front of his name. Look at his actions. Not that the Republicans are any better, because they're not. But the point of the matter is no. they marketed him as being one. Go ahead, Marty. Have you ever noticed uh, one of the ways men uh, in D.C. show their party affiliation is the color of their tie? And usually Republicans will wear red, especially if they're speaking publicly. But I have noticed a great number of times that Trump has worn a blue tie. And this has been, like I say, kind of like a flag they wear of what party they're representing. And to see him do that, now there's times he wears a red one, too. But it's... When he's speaking for the Republicans, when he's speaking for the Democrats, he's wearing a a blue tie. And the thing is, and I keep telling people this, John, there is no difference in this these groups. They just play good cop, bad cop. Um, They play off each other to divide the public, get everybody fighting. I have never seen such viciousness as I have seen preceding this election uh, by people from the right who claim they are God-fearing Christians and only God loves them and, you know, all of this other happy-ass stuff. I have been attacked horrendously for questioning what Trump is doing. And how dare I? Um, I have never seen, I don't know about you, but I have never seen the vitriol, the viciousness, and the profanity, and the... (sighs) I, I've just never seen it before, not to this level, especially not from, you know, what we lovingly like to call the evangelicals. Um, they're, they're the worst. Um, just, I, I don't know. Do you think I'm wrong? I mean, do you? No, um, I don't, Marty. And again, it's because of that divide and conquer strategy that has worked so well for the Vatican all these years. As long as they can keep people fighting with each other, they don't see the big problem. Okay, I say it over and over again. I'm a broken record when I say this. Man versus woman, straight versus gay, Republican versus Democrat, 
you know, black versus white versus Asian versus uh, Muslim, whatever the case might be. However, they can yep. dissect you into your little group that, oh, my God, yes. these other people are not like us. So we have to do this evil to them or they'll do it to yes. us. We got to wake I up keep... from the mind control people. Go ahead. I keep telling people that politics and religion works exactly on the same premise. They get people together that have at least somewhat uh, uh, similar thoughts about things. And then they have a fearless leader who stands up and tells them that somebody is out to kill them. And we need to go kill them first. And oh, before you leave, give us your money. Same thing. They, They use it all the time. Uh, the same thing with government. You know, you remember when uh, Bush? I, this has always just irked me when he stood up and said, um, when they were going to attack Iraq for no reason, they hate us for our freedoms. And I remember out loud saying, "No, you hate us for our freedoms." And it just—if people can't let go of this left-right thing, and then to see this real ID coming into play, and all of this. They're they're clamping the the lockdowns. There's 45,000 doctors now that have gathered together and said, stop the lockdowns. Mask wearing. You're making yourself sick, but it's a sign of obedience to wear the mask. It's a psychological thing. And then this coming mandatory vaccine. Now, they pushed that ID back to 2021, October 1st. Um, of all the people offered it, only 38% took advantage of this unique special terrorism fighting license. And they're really uh, shocked by this. But this is necessary to work hand in hand with what they like to call the COVID pass, which is your vaccination that isn't a vaccination at all. It is a marking. You are being marked. You are being permanently tattooed and marked. So that you can't do anything. Um, I hate reverting to quoting the Bible, but they talked about the mark of the beast. And I believe it's in Sweden is that massive, massive, massive supercomputer they have nicknamed the beast. It collects information from everywhere on everything. And we are losing not only our individual identity, but we are losing everything. If people think things are bad now, it's going to get worse. It's going to get far, far worse. You've got MIT working with the National Institutes of Health and the CDC on developing a program to manipulate the public into taking the vaccine because only 40% of people said they would. And as if that wasn't enough, You've got MIT who has now come out and claimed that they have developed some sort of little gizzy that they just have to shine it at you, and it can tell them if you have COVID and even if you're asymptomatic so that they can get you in the case numbers. I don't know how crazy this has got to get before people stand up. It's like I said early on, I see these people in other countries by the tens of thousands standing up against this stuff. And here Americans said, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, it's fake news. It's fake news. Oh, let me get over to this page on Facebook. I, For God's sake, get a spine. Get a damn spine. Uh, we, everything is being taken. This 5G thing you talked about. 
It said, well, you can download YouTube faster. What? 5G is a weapon. It's a military weapon. And they're already talking about 6G. Now, why is this important to you? In your handy-dandy mandatory COVID vaccine is a nanogel that self-replicates. Once it's in your system, it grows in there. And it will be subject to 5G and 6G. Now, I believe they're already using this on our military under the guise that they can communicate directly with the soldiers on the field. Really? So if you're communicating with so you're talking to them. Well, there's not actually a voice. They just hear what, you know, we have to say. And people will read this and read about it, John, and it's like the light bulb doesn't come on. You know, the light bulb just never comes on. This is a test run because if this nanogel, once it's in you and it begins growing and becoming a part of your system, will make computers and satellites able to interface with you whether you like it or you don't. And why would anyone want to do that? Well, I can think of a million reasons, none of them good. But So you have this, and I consider this an act of government-sponsored terrorism. I consider this whole COVID thing an act of government-sponsored terrorism. I think the likes of Anthony Fauci should be in prison, at least up on charges, Bill Gates right along with him, and anybody else that was involved in this. We've got too many doctors coming out and saying it's fake. There is nothing there. The CDC had to admit they could identify no virus. What they did was they took pieces and parts of other genomes that were maybe residing in your system from a previous cold or flu or whatever and pieced it together and said, we think this is what it is. We don't need to identify the virus. I'm telling you, there's something I had said when I first saw those things that look like a weapon to me, those that they're calling a swab, that they're ramming up people's noses to that little membrane that sits between the upper sinus and the brain. And many people have had suffered horrendous nosebleeds from this, damage to that nerve bundle that's there and permanently lost their sense of smell and taste and now have migraine headaches, plus a real regular bloody nose. But why would you have to ram something all the way up there? So I figured there was an ulterior motive, and one of them had to be the collection of DNA, which they just admitted they are collecting DNA with each one of these swabs. And we're using a test that the designer of that test said specifically it cannot be used. It's not able to identify viruses. So we're using it, and so 95% of the time, 95% of the time, it gives a false positive. And then the CDC had to come out and admit that only 9,000 people out of all the people that were tested actually might have had this virus. So then ask yourself, if that's true, how could 200,000 people have died from it? See, does none of this make any sense? I'm rambling, John. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Marty, I want to make three quick points based on all your commentary. First of all, you're right. Everything that the people are going through right now is known as trauma-based mind control. Trauma-based mind control. And again, I've mentioned this several times on this show, the fact that you're looking at all of these things that are happening. Aside from that, you've had the fires and you've had the uh, different things going on with uh, you know, everything else. It's a fire and water ritual, okay? 
and heart plays a part in all of that and uh, weapons that we don't see, but they're being utilized again, incredibly relevant. And <laughs> talking about uh, Japan for a moment there, you know, folks, Fukushima is still pouring radiation into the oceans. Yes. That has forever, that has forever changed the DNA of the ocean. Everything that lives in that ocean, a big percentage of it has been killed off. A big percentage of it has uh, been damaged. Um, you know, it's made, you know, so many people get ocean, you know, the plants and animals out of the ocean as a food source. And again, how is it impacting society over the next 10, 20, 50, 100 years? Well, we know all the depleted uranium we used over in Afghanistan and in uh Iraq and places like that, you know, for all of these uh, tank busters and stuff. We know that that's caused an awful lot of damage, not just to the Iraqi people, but to the American soldiers as well. And depleted uranium poisoning seems to coincide very nicely to the symptoms of this quote-unquote desert shield, desert storm, uh, quote-unquote sickness. Gee, I can't imagine why that might be. Hmm. Um, second, again, going back to the cryptocurrency issue that we started the show with, folks, you know, this is just the next stage where your phone is going to be that. And remember, they created a um, central bank digital currency for you now. They implemented the patent. They got the patent approved here a few months ago, and they uh, just did the crypto wallet. I think it was last month. So everything's set up for it. But yeah. again, this is just the interim. You'll be able to do it off of your phone, but what money's talking about, the injections, you've got to realize Bill Gates is intending to turn you into a walking and talking cryptocurrency. Yes. So you won't even need the phone, okay? He's got the patent on it already. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Again, the patent's out there. The patent is there. And the other part of that, Marty, is the, all of these injections change your DNA. They change yes. your DNA. Yes. And folks, John, you've got to realize. Go ahead. On that note, I have spoken many times about the fact that they are altering our DNA when the Vaccines, all of the vaccines from one to five contain human diploid cells from aborted fetuses. So when a vaccine said it was made from cell line W332, they went through 332 aborted female fetuses, ground up their lungs before they could get the cell line to take. Including in there is the DNA of non-related species. Now, when these hit your body, your little baby's body, it seeks out the baby's DNA and attaches itself, and that's called a mutational hotspot. They don't know how the proteins are going to fold, how that thing is going to express itself in the future. So I use as an example the difference between us and great apes is 4% to 1.5%, depending on what you're looking at. That's all the difference there is between us and the great apes. Now, let's say your fully vaccinated child grows up, meets my fully vaccinated child, and if they're even able to conceive, which is a big if these days, and they have a baby, what if that baby's DNA doesn't test 100% human? 
What if it falls into that 96, 95 percentile because of all of this DNA alteration? That, by standards, would declare them to be a subhuman species, an animal. And you know how we treat animals. You know, think about what you're doing, people. Think about what you're doing. But go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Marty, there's nothing to be sorry about. This is a good show for a reason. Um, and again, folks, if you do not realize the term human um, in their definition means animal. All right. And again, my definition of human, hue man, hue of man, color of man, monster, thing, something that can be owned. Okay. You're either a man or a womb man, a man with a womb. That's it. Anything else is a variation off of that. And again, that's what they're doing. Because once Bill Gates and his cronies and all these others, and remember, folks, the CDC is a vaccine company. Gee, there's no conflict of interest, is there, Marty? (laughs) Right. When it all boils down to it, once they've turned something of yours into something of theirs, that gives them certain quote-unquote rights. And we've talked about how they've done this to farmers, where a farmer will plant his crop of corn, and the neighbor will plant his crop of corn. The first farmer, his corn is the good stuff, the stuff that nature provided for the last you know, millennia after millennia. But the neighbor decided to go to Big Agra and say, hey, I want some of your genetically modified garbage. And what folks don't realize is there's this thing called cross-pollination with plants. And so bees from um, farmer number two and his GMO crop garbage take that, some of that DNA from that garbage plant and take it on over to DNA number one, contaminating the first farmer's field. Of course, you know, Big Agri comes in there and says, hey, We tested some of the corn, and you know, it's got some of our genetic stuff in there, and you didn't pay us for that. So therefore, we're going to sue you, and we're going to take your land from you, and we'll plant some more of our GMO crops in there. Do you think this is a fiction? No, ladies and gentlemen. I've read story after story after story that that is exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Folks, I I can't make it any clearer than this. This is a slave system. It has been built from the ground up to be just what it is. There is no confusion here. It's only confusing to people that don't see the big picture, who won't see the big picture, because they will not take the honest of time to look into what it. See, Marty here and I here... We don't want you just to believe us because we sound intelligent and, hey, that sounds like an interesting theory. We want to – we're showing you the door. In fact, we're not just showing you the door. We didn't just open the door. We kicked it wide open. But I can't force you and Monty can't force you to walk into that big room with all this extra information called the internet and say, okay, let's see. John said this. Marty said that. Let's see if what they're actually talking about holds water. And if it does, what else is there that they didn't talk about tonight? 
popcorn and all the shows that we've been doing all these years. We want you to be educated. The crime syndicate needs you to be ignorant. They need you to be distracted. And remember, folks, trauma-based mind control, keeping you in a perpetual state of fear, you're not designed to stay in a perpetual state of fear. Because an instance where you're in fear, it's a fight or a flight response. Do I run or do I fight? That's the question your body is asking. But that's only, you know, a few minutes or a few hours. It's not designed to be 24-7, 365. It's not designed to be this. Your body is not designed to go through the level of stress that you're going through. And, folks, again, I can't stress this enough. You're young people right now. You better be loving the hell out of them. Because right now, especially if they're very young, all they're getting is 24-7 propaganda BS that is putting them in absolute terror. Okay? You want something really outrageous? That's it. Because I'm here to tell you, if that isn't quote-unquote child abuse, and by the way, the word child means ward of the state, if that isn't young people abuse, I don't know what is. And every one of these criminals from Fauci, the current clown in the White House, whoever the future clown in the White House is going to be, and all these agents of government, all of these governors, all of these state legislatures who are going along with this fraud, all the city council, the county commissions, the mayors, all of these people are contributing to the problem with no basis in fact, issue number one, and issue number two, exercising rights they do not have to exercise. I'm in charge. You shall do what I say to do, slave. Well, if that's what you folks want to do, who am I to tell you not to? You know, I'm an anarchist. I don't care what you want to do. You do what you do. As long as you don't harm anybody, it doesn't bother me in the slightest bit. The problem is when you try to superimpose your mistaken impression of what is really going on because of the propaganda bombardment that you've been getting your entire life and put it up against my facts, logic, and reason, well-researched, and then say that my well-researched opinion, which isn't opinion because it's fact, is not valid because your fear dictates your actions, where my logic and reason dictate mine, where my incredible amounts of research dictate mine. Can't you see it, folks? Molly said it here on her show several times. I've heard her even when it hasn't been with me. I've said it several times. The bodies are stacking, but they're not stacking where they should be stacking, which is people killing over dead as they're walking down the street. No. They're doing mass kill-offs. And here's what you all need to know. These mass kill-offs in these old folks' homes and all these hospitals, again, another commercial term, all of these things here that are killing these people, those are murders. Those are murders for profit. 
I don't know what to tell you. But if you think that you're going to go to the hospital and get something health care with regards to saving your life, Molly's already stated she really wouldn't do it. I already know I'm not inclined to do it. Kyler Davenport, he's not inclined to do it. Now, sometimes they have to. But he was talking about it last week. He went to the hospital. They didn't do anything for him. Marty here has told her story on this show. I've been thankful because I've been reasonably healthy, having a good living standard with regards to not drinking, not smoking, not doing drugs my entire life. Makes a big difference. Exercising on a halfway regular basis, being out and about, not sitting around vegetating all day, watching television infatuated with whatever sports game and sports are all rigged by the way that's more gematria so yeah if you want to sit there and die early just keep on letting the system do what it's doing because like I've already said folks the global economic reset which is scheduled for next year which is only two months away it's not a fantasy it's real how Gore's talked about it, the World Economic Forum, people are talking about it all over the place. You know, these aren't conspiracy theorists. These are people that are in the know because they're part of the syndicate. Told you, folk. You go back and you look at the 1988 cover of The Economist magazine. All the currencies of the world were burning. You had a bird flying out of it, a phoenix bird. Something new created from something that's been destroyed. Around its neck, it had a pendant made of gold. The year 2018, stamped on that pendant. And more important, it had the symbol for pi. Which, by the way, has a numerical value of 21. And in 2018, they started this movement toward this new world order cryptocurrency thing. In 2021, again, 21 symbolism on the bird's pendant. Next year, and it's also coincidentally 33 years from 1988 to 2021. Again, the number 33 in the syndicate, that's like a hand-in-glove fit. Incredibly important, incredibly powerful number. And they love to utilize it. Folks, we want you to be educated so that you can respond to what's coming because nobody is paying attention right now. Way too many people don't see the problem approaching like a freight train about to run them over. We want you to know what's coming so that you can prepare. What I've been telling people to do is start making arrangements with other people in your community. Find yourself a local farmer not growing GMO crops and, you know, volunteer some of your time and help him uh, or her bring in the crops and plant the crops and do what you need. Because, again, folks, if you don't realize that it's a war on food also, 2020 was about killing an awful lot of small businesses. Again, so the bankers can come in and steal everything for pennies on the dollar. A lot of these buildings that have been burned were specifically targeted by the corporation so that they can buy the now-cleared land 
for pennies on the dollar so they can build whatever super whatever they're going to build there. Again, not a coincidence. Not an accident that these buildings were targeted. Not an accident that the police were putting down, you know, crates of uh, bricks and stuff for quote-unquote ammo for the quote-unquote protesters. And folks, these aren't protesters. These are paid agent provocateurs hired by the corporations. And everybody's in on the scam. You've got to realize that everybody's in on it. That's what frustrates me so much. I see it so clearly, and I point it out, and I said, look, here's your evidence right here, right here, right here. It's like nobody wants to look at it. Right. If you're not prepared, have some groceries, have some gold, have a lot of silver if you've got it, because silver's way underpriced compared to gold. And remember, folks, gold is the bankers' money, silver is the people's money, and debt Okay, Federal Reserve notes are the money of slaves. Go ahead, Marty. No, I'm just going to agree. Uh, food, I think, is the next big thing. And uh, as rarely as I go to the store, what I have noticed is even, and I despise Walmart, but I find myself there from time to time because it's the only thing open. And um, But I've noticed about a third of their shelves are empty. And I went into a dollar store. And the same, that third to a half, empty. And I asked the manager at the dollar store, why why, why are the shelves empty? We order stuff, we just don't get it. Um, the, one of the things I wanted to bring up is when this COVID thing, they first hatched it. This happened globally. People went insane going out and buying toilet paper. It was the damnedest thing I have ever seen. You're looking at what could be, if it was real, a life-threatening situation, and you're worried about what you're going to wipe with? I don't think so. But people in Australia, Japan, England, Germany, France were all reporting the same thing that was going on here. People actually fighting in the aisles over toilet paper. And, you know, I got to thinking about this, and to me, this was a global psyop. Um this this does not happen spontaneously around the globe without there being a catalyst for it. Now, why, if you're facing a claimed pandemic, would you be concerned about toilet paper to the point that you were absolutely panic buying? Now, I could see if you were fighting over the last steak in the store, but toilet paper, there's too many alternatives including doing nothing at all, should you decide to. But my point is, and I'm looking at this, and I talked to people in Australia who said the same thing. This was a psyop. This was one of those subliminal things they ran through television that people didn't see, but their subconscious mind did, because this was spontaneous globally. Just boom, everybody is fighting, threatening to kill each other over toilet paper. And I thought, you know, in thinking about it later on, the people that put this into play must have been laughing their behinds off over this, watching these people duke it out over toilet paper. You need to worry about food, get dry supplies, get things put back that will last a long time, get a water purifier. You're going to need it. Um, you don't want to drink any city water now as it is. If it isn't full of fluoride and chlorine, it's got other things in it. It might upset you if you knew about it. And... 
but you need a water purifier and you need a means to be kept fed. Um, you know, and all that's going on and no lockdown and social distancing. I've heard one word out of the government, learn to plant your own garden. Learn to supply your family with food out of what you grow. And then they had a couple places where they started community gardens. Oh, they came right in and ripped those out. And um, uh, and you were talking about GMO crops, APHIS, uh, the plant and livestock, whatever the hell that thing is, out of the USDA, just came out and announced the deregulation of genetically modified crops. Uh, I just can't. Like there was any regulations on them to begin with, but now it's going to get worse. There is no nutritional value in those crops. But anyway, like I say, we've got about five minutes here. If there's anything I can tell you is start stocking up on food, things that will last a long time and don't depend too heavily on your refrigerator and your freezer because there's no telling how long you might have electricity. And then again, you might not. Uh, so make it dry supplies, beans, you know, rice, pasta, things like that. Um, you know, you don't want to overload on it, but have it as a standby. And check all of your expiry dates on your canned goods. Make sure that it's as far out as you can get it. And like I say, it doesn't take much to grow tomatoes and green peppers and squash and all of this stuff. I've done it many, many times. And you'll actually find you enjoy it. And... uh but be self-sufficient. I know that's a strange alien thought to Americans, but learn to be self-sufficient. Um, groceries don't pop up out of the floor at the grocery store. And if you're watching, you see there's fewer and fewer and fewer groceries. Get a clue here. We've got about four minutes. John, did you have anything you wanted to add in closing? Yeah, folks, forget. Uh, don't forget that Johnny Carson joked about the toilet paper shortage back in 1973, December the 19th of 1973, and that was another oh, wow. one. And then you look at the fact that uh, War of the Worlds, the original airing of War of the Worlds. Uh, yeah. You know, it used to be. You know, before when I first heard about the War of the Worlds had been, um, you know, the first airing of it, everybody actually thought there was an alien invasion going on. Mm -hmm. um, I just assumed the same thing everybody else assumed is that they just didn't know any better to do, you know, advertisement. But now that I know so much about the system, because I was just a little boy when I heard that statement. But yeah. once I learned yeah. that, that um, mind control and, uh, you know, propaganda as a major source of uh, influence, then I realized that the very first airing of War of the Worlds on the radio, that wasn't an accident. That was to see how the American people responded to an yes. outside threat. Okay? Right. In a nutshell, that's what it boiled down to. So, right. folks, just be aware that the cryptocurrency changeover here next year is going to have complications that are going to make 2021 look, you know, make 2020 look bad. By comparison, but nothing like the future of 2021, 22, 23, because we're just started into this thing. Yes. And one thing, I'm going to give you all a, a home. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Man. I was going to say, I'm going to give everybody out there a homework assignment. Um, I want you, because this is going to be the last stage, I want you to look up Operation Moonbeam. Sounds like Walt Disney, doesn't it? So that's your homework assignment. Look up Operation Moonbeam, because the last brick in the wall 
is going to be a hologram that makes it look like the God of your choice, whether it's Muhammad or Jesus or Krishna or whomever, is descending out of heaven, speaking directly to you and telling you to obey. And they are uh, predicting that at least 50% of people will drop over dead in fright, and the other 50% will beat themselves to death trying to comply. So that's your assignment. I want to hear from you. Look up Operation Moonbeam. They've already done that in prisons. They have already done that in prison in Afghanistan. And, uh, folks, you will hear it in your head. You will not hear it verbally because they will be using 5G to do that. And that nanogel that they're going to put in your body. You bet. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. This has been another stellar show. Um, we had a grand audience. So, like I say, that's your 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 assignment for this week. That's your homework. Is I want to hear back from you about Operation Moonbeam and what you think. They've already tried it out. It works like a charm. Um, but you've got a surprise in store for you. We'll be back next Monday night. God knows what John and I will be talking about, but it'll be something. You all have a great week, and we will talk to you later. Good night, everyone.